Hey, I want to start with a story since it is kind of that Christmas time. There was this little kid and he was uh, writing to Santa because he wanted all the presents. Well, as he was writing to Santa, he found out, you know what, he wasn't getting anywhere. So he decided he had to go up the hierarchy. So he started writing a letter to God. And he said, dear God, I've been amazing this year. I would like to have all the presents that I wanted. Then he sat there and thought about it for a second and scratched it out. And, dear God, I've been pretty good this year. I'd like to have all the presents. He stopped and thought about it. Dear God, I think I've been doing well. I'd like to have all the presents. And then he stopped and he looked over at the nativity scene that his parents had put up. And he looked down and saw little baby Jesus in the manger. And he looked down and he picked up baby Jesus and began to look at baby Jesus. He said, dear God, I have your son. And if you don't give me what I want, you'll never see him again. (laughs) Speaking of Christmas, how many of you have felt the shift? We're shifting over into Christmas, into this different season. Maybe you felt that the leaves have fallen. It's colder now. Perhaps maybe you woke up this morning, scraped your windows. Anybody did that? Thankfully, we didn't get the snow that they said we might. And, uh, We've been through Thanksgiving, we've been through Black Friday, we're moving into the Advent season. Of course, Christmas season actually unofficially started the day of Halloween, right? It's so weird because they start playing the music already and it's weird to see kids, you know, trick-or-treating to grandma got ran over by a reindeer. But along with that shift, the Christmas music does come. In fact, now we're in that shift where everywhere you go, whether it's on the radio, whether you go shopping, whether on your digital app, there's Christmas music everywhere. You hear it when you turn on your radio over and over again. But many of us find ourselves with the familiar tunes that we love. Like imagine this, and this is me. Imagine you're sitting at home, and if you're like me or Lindy, especially Lindy, uh, she's down with the kids today, so I can tell on her, but... Uh, is she likes to have a big, like, blanket, and then maybe, like, a cup of coffee or a cup of cocoa, and you're sitting back and you're hearing, like, your favorite songs, and you're starting to get into the spirit. So I picture myself laying there with a blanket and listening to mine, my favorite song, Oh Holy Night. Any Oh Holy Nights out there? Come on. It's a song that has resonated through the years. In fact, here's a fun fact. Did you know that Oh Holy Night was the first song that was aired on the radio? In fact, when they first broadcasted the radio, they read from Luke 2 and the lyrics of O Holy Night with the music playing in the background. Its lyrics carry a message that pierces the heart. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appears and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. But as we listen to these lyrics and immerse ourselves in the beauty of the song, it's impossible to ignore the stark contrast between the sentiments expressed then and the weariness we witness in the world today. A world in sin and regret. In fact, that's I had to look up error and pining. Anybody ever use that in your vocabulary? It means to regret suffering and yearning for something better and good. So the world was in sin and error pining 
And I think we see that in today's world. There's a weariness of, of, of sin and, and, and uh, there's this regret and suffering and yearning for something better, for something good. And what's cool is then the birth of Christ, a promise fulfilled comes into play, a thrill of hope, a light in the darkness. It can be easy to focus on difficult circumstances or experiences, especially after the challenges of the past two to three years. The season serves as a reminder that we have access to the same hope that the shepherds did all those years ago. And the knowledge that the God of this universe bends low to hear our cries and heals our hearts. That's amazing to me. You know, we go to South Dakota a lot, and when we go into the mountains, and I just see how big it is, and I can see a speck, and it's a person way over there, and I'm way over here, and I just look up. And it's the same thing when I go to the ocean. My two favorite places, Florida and South Dakota. And because I stand in front of an ocean or I stand in front of a mountain, we, we go there, and I just go, I'm so small. But yet the God of this universe leans down to heal my heart. That blows me away. I don't know if that blows you away. Can you imagine the shepherds? They probably knew about the promise made to Adam and Eve of a future Messiah. And as Pastor said this morning, 700 years, or Kate was saying, 700 years prior, a promise made in Isaiah 9-6 of a child that was born. Then 400 years of silence, darkness, sin, and error pining. And then, then in their weariness and waiting, the promised child is born. The gift of hope. Maybe you're here today and you're weary. The world is beating down on you. Sin and regret has you pining or yearning for something better. Longing for healing. Maybe you've heard a word from God years ago and you're, you're like, God, you spoke this into my life. Where is it? I'm, I'm weary. I'm waiting. For freedom from addiction or, or just fill in the blank. Maybe you're weary because of those things. I believe as we look into God's word today, we can begin to find ourselves rejoicing as all those who receive the promise of God. It says, and they begin to rejoice. And what did they do? They fell on their knees. Rejoice for the hope had come. So let's look and see how we can have the hope of Christmas in a message that I've titled today, A Thrill of Hope. In Romans 15, 4, Through 13, it says this. It says, such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently. That's the hard word. (laughs) Wait and patiently. Wait and patiently. For God's promises to be fulfilled. I pray that the God of the source of hope will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confidence. Hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. So today I want to look at four keys from that scripture that I believe as we listen to it and get it into our hearts that we'll walk away here today with a confident hope that even in our darkness, God gives us hope. The first key that I want to look at today is hope is in the source. That hope is in the source. Our hope is only as valuable as the source that we put our trust in. There are two different types of hopes we can have in our life. One is a wishing hope and one is a confident hope. The wishing hope is based off of us putting our hope into temporal things that or feelings that may or may not happen. Okay. Kind of like last night. I hope the Hawkeyes don't get too beat up. 
Well, it may or may not happen. I'm not going to say what happened because then I'll cry again. Although their defense was amazing. Or I hope or I hope it does or I hope it doesn't snow on Christmas this year. See, we throw the word hope around. You know, I hope that this or I hope that this. And it's more of a temporary or feeling. And so really it's like I wish this because we're trying to make it happen in our own ability or it's something we would love to see. But eh, the source that we put it in makes it a wishing hope. But then there's a second one is there's a confident hope is when you put your trust in a faithful person or promise based on confident expectation because of their character or because of what you know about it. So when I was a kid, you know, we used to do a lot of people. We'd open up our presents on, you know, Christmas morning. And, and my mom, if you know my mom, my mom, is she just loves her kids and she loves her grandkids and she'll do anything for your kids. She loves your kids. That's just my mom. And so when we were growing up, my mom always said, okay, this is our budget. And then she would say, you know, whatever, basically she'd do everything she could to get us that, at least that one gift that we asked for. So I asked for, coming from the, a kid of the 80s, whoop, whoop, I asked for, not the plastic kind, the metal, the Optimus Prime, the Transformer, back in the day when you could throw a toy at your brother and knock him out, you know. <laughs> and so I asked for Optimus Prime. For those that you don't know, it's a transformer. It's a semi-truck about this big, and they transform it into a person. He's the leader of the, the Autobots. And anyway, nerd. Okay. I wanted that. And here's the thing. So my whole, when I asked my mom, I knew it was in the budget, everything like that. I asked my mom, you know what I did? I had to wait until Christmas morning. But everything in me had the hope. It's going to be mine because my mom has never lied to me before. My mom has always gotten me that one gift. And that's the one I asked. So my mom's going to do it. I, 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 it's in her character. So come Christmas morning, we're sitting there and we're getting presents and they're being passed out. And, you know, an Optimus Prime box, I've seen it at the store, looks like this. And square, you know, and I'm like looking at my presents with my names on it. There's nothing there. But I'm thinking, okay, maybe, maybe she's just messing with me and hide it. Like sometimes parents do that. So I'm opening presents and I'm like, okay, that's cool socks. Yeah. You know, and I'm opening different ones. I'm like, that's great. I'm thankful, but I get to the end and, and we're done. And, and the other thing that my parents did is that my mom and dad would always open their presents last. I don't know what you guys do, but they'd always open their presents last and let us kids open up ours first. So we're done. And I'm thinking, did I miss it? Was I like the kid at the beginning of this? You know, I, I, want, I wasn't that great, but I still want my presents. You know, I was like thinking, where is this? And so then I look over and I'm like, look at my mom. And she's like, hey. Let's just, let, let's just let mom and dad open our presents, okay? And I, and I was like, okay. And she goes, well, here, here, dad's got a lot of presents. Here, open this one first. And it says to dad. And, and I'm like, okay, cool. And I start to open this present. And I'm opening and opening up. And all of a sudden, I look, and there's an Autobot logo. Why did dad get Optimus Prime and I didn't? <laughs> then about two seconds, dirt. <gasps> it was Optimus Prime. I was excited. My mom and her character didn't let me down. I put that trust in her. And for a moment, I was kind of bummed. She could be trusted. Now, here's the key. My gift didn't come in the package that I thought it would. But I knew that the character of my mom, that she would do what she said she would do. God's character is reliable. He is one who can't lie. He is one who fulfills his promise. He's faithful. He's trustworthy. We can be certain of what he's done. He will do it again. 
It may not come in the package that we wanted, but our expectation is he will deliver. Weariness is in the waiting, but God delivers. And if you're here today and you're weary and you've been waiting, I'm here to tell you, hold on. Because God is faithful. God delivers on his promises. And like I said, it may not be what you... It may be, you might be having a wishing hope. I'm telling you, switch it over into a confident hope because you put your trust in God, in the source of hope. We can put our trust in the source of confident hope, God the Father. And how do we know the promises that we can put our hope in? It's we find that in the second key that I want to share with you today. Is hope is found in the scriptures. We can find hope in the scriptures because they hold the promises of God. They're his word. We don't find hope in the scriptures alone, but in the one who gave us the scriptures. Because wishing hope is this. Wishing hope is trusting in the scriptures alone. What do I mean by that? I hope God heals me because the scriptures say so. I mean, if he wants to, maybe. That's a wishing hope. A confident hope is is trusting in the scriptures because we have a relationship with the one who wrote them. I have a hope in my God to heal me because I know his promises found in scripture are yes and amen because he's faithful to his word. Because what he did before for me before, he's going to do it again. I've seen him work in me. I've seen him work in others. I have a relationship with him and I'm going to stand on his word because he does not lie. That's confident hope. It may not come in the package that you expected, but it's coming. Optimus Prime is driving to your house. Come on. In John 5, 39 to 40, Jesus is speaking to the religious leaders. And he says, you search the scriptures because you think that they gave you eternal life. But the scriptures point to me, Jesus. You refuse to come to me to receive this life. So he's saying, listen, the scriptures are good. That's God's word. But if all you ever do is just come to church and just read the scriptures, but you don't build a relationship with him that the scriptures point to, then we can fall into this trap that we're wishing. I hope maybe if God really wants to. He wants to! His word says he wants to. He loves you. His heart is for you. You you search the scriptures and you don't just read them like a regular book. You search the scriptures and you read them as a love letter to you from your father God. And you find your hope, your confident hope in him. Imagine a ship sailing through a stormy sea. The waves are crashing against the hull. The winds howl and the sailors are trust, are, are thrown around. And I don't mean Chad and Chrissy. <laughs> but the sailors are thrown around. And here's the thing about the sailors. They've, they've done this a lot. So they know that land is out there. But it's pitch dark. So they could either be wishing, I wish we could find land. I know it's out there somewhere. Maybe we'll get to it. And suddenly, in the midst of this chaos, there's a lighthouse standing tall on the shore. It lights and pierces through the darkness, guiding the ship safely to its destination. In the same way, God's promises act as that guiding light, leading us through the storms of life towards the hopeful future. We can trust the light of the scripture. We no longer are in the darkness with a wishing hope, but the light gives us confident hope. If you're looking for hope, Stop looking for a bill to be passed in the Senate or the House and start looking for a scripture to be lived out. That's for somebody. Maybe just me. 
When we spend time with the Father and we read his love letters, we begin to have confident hope. We learn to trust him. We have this hope because the scriptures are fulfilled in the next key. So we have hope in the source, we have hope in the scriptures, and we have hope in the Savior. Isaiah 9, 1, 2, and 6 says, Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. And verse 2 says, The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who lived in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Everybody say, a light's going to shine. For, for what? We've already heard this, but here's the hope. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called. How many of you need some counseling in your life, some guiding, some direction? He will be called Wonderful Counselor. Come on. Maybe we need some strength. He's a mighty God. He's an everlasting Father. And I know I need peace. And He's the Prince of Peace. Hope is in a Savior. Hope is a person. The Father giving us His Son, a Savior, He keeps His promises. In our sin and error pining, the promised Savior was born, Jesus. Hope is found that we have forgiveness and our longing thirst for something better has come. Not do we know He was born, but Jesus, not only was He born, but Jesus also paid our sin on the cross and He rose again. Christmas doesn't mean as much if there's no Easter. Come on. In this gift of Jesus, we have hope of a new life and eternal life to come. His sacrifice brings us healing, forgiveness, freedom, and we overflow with peace and joy. I love it. I love it. When we receive this promise, a thrill of hope rises in us. And our weariness, we now rejoice. So the Father gives us a son and we can now live out our hope in the fullness of God. You know why? It's because the Father is the source. Here, check this out. This is the fullness of God. The Father is the source. He sent his word and that word is the Savior, Jesus. And now I know we can have this hope because hope comes through the power of the Spirit, the Father the Son, and now the Holy Spirit. God gave us the fullness of himself. The Spirit empowers us and gives us life. We overflow with confident hope through him, not our feelings. I found myself many times leaning on my feelings. You know, there's times where I'm like, you know, when Lindy and I were going through struggles and struggles with her health, there was times I fell into wishing hope. Because I was like, God, I wish she would this. And, and I'd even use the words wish. Oh, I wish I wish she would get better. I wish this about her. And, you know, and, and I use that with my kids or things. There was times in my life and I'm just like, oh, you know, be great if this and be great if that. And, and God would speak to me. He said, did I say I would do it? Yeah, then why are you wishing? I'm not a genie. Why are we wishing? He's not a genie. We don't rub a lamp and hope that he gives us three wishes that might make us happy. God is the father and the creator of this universe. He knows us inside and out. And he sent his spirit to give us the power to live out this hope. 
We may not see it right when we want it, or it may not come in the package that we want it. But if God gave you a word, church, if God spoke to your heart years ago, or if he spoke to you today, or if you can find it in the scriptures and it's a promise, the Bible says that God is yes and amen to his promises. We just have to hold on and trust the source of hope. I was a hopeless teenager. I I thought, man... I fell away and thought my life was over. No one trusted me. No one wanted anything to do with me. For those of you that know me, you know, I fell away from things of God and I I got into drugs and and I got into alcohol and I got into all these kind of things and messed my life up. And my own family rejected me and I felt hopeless. I had no hope at all. But it was in a church that I walked down with my wife and she wasn't saved yet. And we came in and we heard a message of hope that despite the sin, despite everything that I've ever done to God, that he sent his son for me and my hopelessness turned into hope in that day because God loved me in the darkest part of my life. And because of that, I've been serving him ever since. Because not because I was hoping he might. He confirms it in my heart and he'll confirm it in your heart that what he says is true. In Romans 8, 11, it says the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give your life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. God, the source gave his son. And we receive it through the spirit. And now we have Full hope. The father, pastor says this all the time, and I know he, I think he said he heard from uh, Ken Hagen. But I like it. it says, the father made the plan, the son executed the plan, and the spirit reveals the plan. Is that right? That's true. The father made the plan. That's crazy. Go back to Genesis. When Adam and Eve fell and sinned, God made a plan. He was thinking of you today. If you're sitting in this room, he was thinking of you. Why? Because he doesn't want to be separated from any of you. He wants you to be with him. So he made a plan. And that plan was to send his son. That would be revealed through his spirit. Woo. Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit bumps. Woo. Jesus came. Jesus died, he rose again, and now we can have certain hope. Listen, church, that he's coming again. If he did it once, he'll do it again. And if I know that he sent his son, and if I know that he died on the cross, and if I know that he rose again, then church, we can't get weary. We can't get down. We can't forget. We need to get ready and get everyone around us ready because he is a God of promises and he said he will send his son and his son will come back again. And he receives all those who've called on his son's name, Jesus. So if you're here today and you're weary, I'm here to tell you, you don't have to be weary. I'm not saying that it's just going to go away. It can. But I'm here to tell you that there's hope in the scriptures. There's hope in the Father. There's hope in the Son. And the Holy Spirit will help you. Biblical hope is summed up in this. Believing that God works all things out for his and our good. It's about living in anticipation of tomorrow. 
while you're still dealing and struggling with stuff today. If you're struggling with stuff today, I'm not, I'm not condemning you. Listen, I'm still struggling with stuff today. Lindy will tell you she's still struggling with some health issues, but she still knows that God's not a liar. She's still walking in the journey of just, she speaks it out. We don't wish it, we just speak it. We speak it over her life every day, and you can too. Because it's about anticipation of tomorrow while you're still struggling with it, but God's with you. So how do we embrace this hope? I want to close with this. How do we embrace this hope, the promise that was given to us? From the very first Christmas, and this is why we do it, from the very first Christmas, there was a gift exchange. A gift of hope. On Christmas, God took all our stuff and he gave us all his. I'm I'm with you, Todd. I'm so thankful that he took all my stuff. Why? I didn't deserve it. I I, I was dirty. I, I messed so many lives up with my lifestyle. And yet God said, give it to me. And I'll do things with you that you'll never believe. And I'm like, how could you ever use someone like me? He said, because I love you. So we give our, we give our stuff, thoughts in exchange for God's stuff, his promises. We spend time with him and get to know him. And so this is what I want to share. A little illustration is this. Maybe you, you have abandonment alone and depressed. And you're feeling like I'm alone. God, do you even know I'm here? And I'm struggling. And he says, come. If you're struggling. And this is what he does. He takes the feeling of abandonment alone. Depressed. Fearfulness. And then hope. Deuteronomy 31.6. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you. And he will never forsake you. Amen. Maybe you're here today and you're dealing with some sickness and disease and addictions and you bring it to God. And God takes it. He takes the struggle that you're having. And out of the hope, he gives you 1 Peter 2.24. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right by his wounds. You have been healed. That's a promise. He's not leaving you. It's a promise. Third is maybe God's spoken a word over you. Maybe it's been years ago. Maybe it's been recently. And you're hoping, Lord, am I still in your will? I heard your voice clearly, but I don't see it. And so what do we do? We bring that to him. Say, God, I know that I heard you. And he takes that. Okay, and he gives us Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. And he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he shall direct your paths. We put our trust in him. It may not come in the package or the timing we want, but if God gave us a word, it will happen. 
if we trust in him and not rely on our own emotions and feelings. Amen? And then last, maybe we're dealing with some sin or shame and we don't know the things of God and we struggle. Maybe we're a sinner. Maybe you're here today and you feel a guilt and shame online. Maybe you're dealing with that. What we do is we bring our sin, we bring our shame, we bring our guilt living with sin and shame, and we give it to God. And you know what he does? First John 1, 9, But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. And then he's the giver. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that who would ever believe in him would not perish, but have eternal life. And then we go and rejoice because now in our sin, we've now been forgiven and we've been changed. And we have hope for life now and for a life to come. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that it encouraged or inspired you to God's best. If you have any questions about today's message, need prayer, or would like to learn more about Living Word Fellowship, please call 641 828-7119 or visit us at lwfknoxville.com.